Hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Forward Podcast. My name's Liz. If everything goes well, you won't always just be hearing from me. Um, I hope in the future you'll be hearing conversations between me and my wonderful spouse, Mel and Chris. You'll be hearing from Molly, Kristen, if we can get her around to it. She's a very busy person. <laughs> um, so, Forward is something that we started um, a few of me and my like-minded friends, family, that type of thing. Primarily leftist, opinion-based, political, social, all that great stuff. Um, so we're pretty grassroots in that we're all just a bunch of poor folks trying to put together something cool. Um, we have no sponsors or anything like that. So hey, if that's something you're interested in, um, you can hit me up at Liz, L-Y-Z-Z, at Liz Petrie, that would be L-Y-Z-Z-P-E-T-R-I-E dot com, um, and I can give you more information about that. Um, I'm assuming you're not going to want to, you know, sponsor us, because this is going to be the most awful podcast you've ever heard of, <laughs> but you have heard of it. So the theme of the week that I'm kind of interested in is labels. And who has the authority to give us those labels? Um, you can see this in all kinds of different contexts. You can see this as, you know, people referring to as negative. You can see this as people saying, oh, well, you know, um, especially with that Las Vegas shooting that just happened. Um, you know, oh, well, he's mentally ill or, you know, you know, your mother's a narcissist. Um, things like that. This week, I was lucky enough to be called a narcissist. I was also lucky enough to be called a smurf, which was hilarious. If you don't know much about me, I tend to have blue hair. Currently, it's not. But, um, yeah, my husband's grandmother called me a smurf. And I didn't quite catch it at first. And I think it's because, you know, I'm not blue. My hair is blue. And... I guess I was just, you know, are you ever disappointed that you didn't get a better insult? <laughs> I mean, it sounds bad, but like, I thought it was hilarious, like that that was the best that she had to offer was Smurf, and I thought it was the most hilarious, but she did in fact refer to my husband as a fake Marine. My husband served four years active duty in the United States Marine Corps from, uh, gosh, I don't know. He enlisted in 2008. We'll go with that. <laughs> and then, uh, four years inactive and, you know, we were married that whole time. And she said this primarily because he, he agrees that it is, you know, everybody's right, specifically Colin Kaepernick's right, to kneel during the national anthem. And that, you know, it is your First Amendment right, and despite whether people agree with the way that you're protesting or not, that it is your right to do so. That, you know, your president referring to you as sons of bitches and degenerates and things like that. Well, degenerates was primarily the, was actually, sorry, the Michigan State Police person, I forget what her title specifically is, but she referred to them as degenerates. And 
you know, you get a lot of people telling veterans, specifically civilians telling veterans how they feel and what they should be offended by. You know, and she felt, you know, that she had the authority to refer to him as a fake Marine. And that's the other part of labels that I find interesting is who has the authority to give you these labels? You know, as far as mental illness, I think most people agree that, you know, well, your psychiatrist or, or your counselor really only has the ability to label you those things. You know, you get people who will readily label, you know, the president or, you know, um, shooters or anybody else as, as mentally ill or someone is narcissistic. And yet when you get people who struggle, who self-diagnose, that's completely unacceptable to these people. And self-diagnosis is obviously a very complex issue that we can get to in another um, episode potentially. But, you know, that's another question. Do you, do you have the authority to label yourself in that way? Because we label ourselves all the time. Now, I'm a Democrat or I'm a leftist or I'm a liberal or I'm a conservative or I'm pro-life or I'm pro-choice. Or, or then you have labels assigned to you like veteran. Veteran is a label assigned to you. Parent is a label that, you know, once you have a child, that is what you are. Um, but fake Marine by your grandmother, you know, clearly that's not a label that she had the authority to give. But she thought that she did. Um, and recently, uh, my husband's brother also, he stated that he has tolerated <laughs> our liberalism enough which we're we're not necessarily liberals but that's that's you know another thing entirely but also that sort of the way he said it that he's tolerated our ways enough and it was this chastisement and you know it's not as if we didn't know that he was not you know, on the left side of the spectrum as far as, you know, politics go or anything like that. But, you know, we're we're open to civil discourse. You know, if you're not going to name call, if you're not going to refer to people as, you know, um, delusional or or things like that, you know, we're, we're very open to fact-based things. We're very open to new information. We're very open to, you know, I mean, opinions as long as in the end. I mean, at some point you may not be able to convince someone that you're right and they're wrong or vice versa and you know you might have to just disagree on things but you know and, and we're never people to you know just beat someone down into the end unless you know you're basically telling people they shouldn't exist looking at the lgbtq type of issue but you know it it sparked from a civil discourse between he and Christopher and I, as well as, I believe Molly jumped in there too. Um, you know, and, you know, the discussion, gosh, I can't even remember necessarily what it was about, but, oh yeah, it was definitely about the Colin Kaepernick thing, you know, and um, it was definitely interesting because when you get a veteran who disagrees with your conservative opinion it it seems to be something that conservatives have a very difficult time handling they don't know how to 
deal with it because, you know, it's sort of like that there's no atheists in foxholes type thing, you know. How can you possibly, you know, have served and how can you possibly have deployed and, you know, not be a conservative and not agree with what I, with what I have to say. And sort of that idea that, like, he's tolerated us, you know, and that the people in your life say, well, I've, I've tolerated this enough. And it's sort of this chastisement to make you feel like a child. And in this case, you know, uh, Christopher's brother is probably at least eight years younger than him, give or take. Yeah, about eight years younger than him. And, you know, it's upsetting because he really, he hasn't had a relationship with his family and kind of, you know, was hoping to to have some kind of a relationship with his brother. And he does not get to have that. And, you know, it was upsetting that, you know, it seemed like a very civil thing kind of came out of left field. Um, this week also, you know, speaking of that, I was called a narcissist. My mother referred to me as a narcissist, which was interesting, you know, and that is an interesting little situation going on. And it might be a situation that some of you are familiar with when you have a parent who writes you off for... I mean, I don't necessarily want to put homosexuality and, you know, atheism kind of on the same same thing there, but, you know, Christopher and I being atheists, that has been the primary issue here, is that my mother is not accepting and not okay with it, and she would like to play it off like, that's, that's not it, it has nothing to do with that, and, but it does. And it, it has been something that I feel like was probably going to be an issue for a long time. You know, Christopher's family also has an issue with us being atheists. And it's something that you do see in a lot of atheist people, atheist couple, that they have family members that try. I mean, some of them don't. Some of them don't even try. You get plenty of family members that don't even try, want nothing to do with you, um... But you get some family members that pretend to try until they can no longer handle it, until they can no longer deal with it. A little bit like an Andrew's situation where they can no longer tolerate it. And being that, you know, we have a we have children, well, child and almost children, <laughs> um, I found it important that, you know, if, if you want to be in my child's life, that's a discussion you need to have with me. Not that it necessarily needs to be a big, long discussion, but if you want to see my kid or if you're going to show up at a party I'm throwing, for instance, <laughs> you know, it's probably best to discuss that with me. And, you know, I don't think it's narcissistic of me to be, I guess, to be the person who knows what's going on in my child's life. I mean, my goodness, you know, I mean... If you want to be a part of my kid's life, talk to me. It's not that hard. And that's, you know, obviously an issue that, you know, you grapple with. You know, say you're an atheist or say that, you know, 
you're gay or, or whatever you've got that your family has disowned you over and then you have children. You know, it's hard, especially when, you know, my mother and I once had a wonderful relationship, you know, if, if you had a wonderful relationship with, you know, these members of your family and then you have children, you know, what does that look like? How does that feel? You know, there's a lot of mixed emotions, you know, for me being pregnant currently, I, I think about the fact that, you know, there's so many things that my mom's not here for. I mean, she lives across town, live in the exact same town and, you know, she's not here for these things as far as pregnancy. She hasn't seen my daughter in months and I feel sorry that she doesn't have a relationship with, you know, my wonderful child. And I know that my granddaughter's missing out, or not my granddaughter, my daughter's missing out on the opportunity of having, you know, just like a wonderful grandmother that I know that, that she could be, because I feel like, you know, you have to reconcile these things, like, does the fact that she doesn't accept the atheism make her a bad person? You know, does... You know, what does that say? I mean, I suppose it's probably different if you're gay. You know, I I don't have that experience. I can't speak on that experience. Um, if you're listening and you'd like to speak on that experience, feel free to email me at the address I gave you earlier. Um, and, it, you know, do you have kids? How has that experience been? You know, with your parents or, or grandparents or people who, you know, maybe you once had a great relationship with, you know, and... and You know, with being called a narcissist, that it's my fault, that I'm the one causing all these problems. So getting back on the more political aspect and going back sort of to the First Amendment, the um, the kneeling during the national anthem, those protests, um... And it's important not to erase the reason that these protests started to begin with, you know, that Colin Kaepernick started doing this to begin with, you know, the then taking a knee and, and linking arms or whatever is never been about protesting Donald Trump. It has never been about, you know, protesting the ability to have your First Amendment right. It has always been about... Um, police brutality specifically in the black community um so it is important to in these conversations sort of center that um but it has become quite the hot button issue in regards to sort of how how it's been handled um and in regards to you know the right for people to give you a label is it is it acceptable for, you know, the President of the United States to refer to people exercising their First Amendment right um, as sons of bitches? Is that, is that an acceptable thing? You know, I mean, do we feel like the, that's the President's First Amendment right? Does it work like that? You know, is that conducting yourself in a professional manner? Is that something we expect of a President? Like, for me... I don't think it's a complex issue. I feel like that's unprofessional. I feel like it's unpresidential. And I feel like 
calling someone son of a bitch for exercising their First Amendment right is unacceptable. And much like the person in the position, you know, with the Michigan State Police, you know, when she referred to them as degenerates, when you hold some kind of public office such as that, you know, is it your right? You know, because these are the same types of people who discuss, you know, well, anything you put online, you know, your, your employer can fire you for that. You know, watch what you put online and watch what you say. But in the same breath, you know, they turn it around and you have, you know, the things the president says and they say, you know, good on him. And it's this idea that much like you know, my husband's grandmother with the fake Marine thing. When you agree with it, you know, it's acceptable. It's okay. It's something that, you know, yes, that's amazing. But when you disagree with it, it's unacceptable. It shouldn't be allowed. It should be illegal. You know, you have Oklahoma who has just made it where you have to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance in school. And, you know, when you look at previous court cases where they've decided that, you know, it's a, it's a public school, it's a public institution, you know, and that the students have the right to protest. You know, you have to, where are all these lines in who, who gets these rights and how? Because, you know, having been a military spouse and understanding kind of the workings in regards to the military, you know, there are certain things that service members cannot do in regards to their constitutional rights, certain things that are punishable that your average civilian is, is perfectly welcome to do. And, you know, if I haven't, you know, I, I have a very leftist circle and, and, you know, you're more than welcome to, to message me. Let me know if I'm just, if I'm completely off base here, but when it comes to the Nazi protests, you know, we look at that as sort of yelling fire in a movie theater. You know, we know that Nazis lead to bad things. You know, we realize that they're calling for the genocide of a people. It isn't as if they're saying, hey, stop killing us. That's not it. They're calling for extermination there. They're encouraging, you know, these are, these are people who are starting a movement in which you know, they want to push forth white supremacy. They, they're they the same people who, you know, oh, well, my daughter, she, she, can't, she can't marry a black man and that type of thing. And, you know, that's another thing. Like, is this type of behavior, is this type of speech, are these types of actions, are these things what we consider acceptable? You know, you have people, you know, who will denounce the Jim Crow laws and yet will defend Nazis. And for me, it's, it's people who aren't sort of self-evaluating. You're not, you're not self-critical of, of sort of how all your thoughts and how all your, you know, ideologies and those things play together. You know, and nobody's perfect, and I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, all my ideas are perfect, and, you know, all my ideologies are right, and yours are wrong, and I am infallible. You know, I'm never going to say that. But, 
you know, I, I feel as if, <laughs> you know, white supremacy and Nazis, those are very harmful things. I feel like, you know, It's a little bit like anti-abortion protesters. Okay, we'll look at it that way. Anti-abortion protesters. They have the right to do that. Do I think it's it's good or smart? No, but they have that right. Do I agree with it? No. Do they have that right? Yes. Do I think they should have that right? Absolutely. You know, they aren't calling for the extermination of, of people. Typically, I mean, I guess sometimes they... You know, but that's sort of a complicated area. But, you know, you do, you have a lot of these conservatives who, you know, lock them up and, you know, they, they feel as if, you know, the, these people should be thrown in jail. There should be some punishment for the things that these people are doing in regards to peaceful protest and, you know, in the defense of Donald Trump and, you know, if if, <laughs> if you're one of those conservatives listening, you know, who thinks that, you know, you're going to automatically say, oh, well, you know, you and your, your precious Barack Obama and, you know, his infallible nature or whatever, um, and then you've got me wrong. Because I am definitely a person who, and a lot of people I know, you know, there's there's this belief that, you know, I feel like Barack Obama never did anything wrong, and that's absolutely untrue um but you know again the things that i disagree with barack obama and his administration on are a completely other podcast you know but i'm also not going to sit there and act as if you know the the conservatives have done everything wrong you know i i'm someone who believes that a mental illness shouldn't be the reason that you don't that you that you aren't Shouldn't be the reason that you cannot obtain a firearm or concealed carry. You know, not all mental illnesses are created the same. And, you know, it's statistically proven that if you have a mental illness, you are more likely to be the victim of a crime rather than the perpetrator of the crime. And that's not something that liberals did. You know, liberals have notoriously thrown minorities and marginalized people under the bus in order, you know, in the sake of compromise. So, I'll be the first to tell you that you know, it is not as if I believe that, you know, liberals are completely infallible. But I'm also one of those people who you will realize is, is pretty far left. You know, I I know that a lot of people won't agree with a lot of the things that I say and a lot of things that I feel. And, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And, you know, I'm okay with other people having their ideas and the way that they think that things should be done. But when it comes down to it... You know, we're, we're not going to get places with ad hominem attacks. We're not going to get places by dismissing people's arguments, by telling them they're fake Marines or referring to it as fake news or, you know, completely dismissing things because, you know, that intolerant left, you know, oh, that tolerant left. And, but you have people on the conservative side of things who, you know, immediately are going to start name-calling simply because they know that you disagree with them on this issue. They don't want to talk about it. You know, Christopher's brother didn't want to talk about it. He didn't have a conversation about it. 
he he simply decided, hey, you know, your ideas are different than mine, and that is unacceptable to me. You know, it wasn't a conversation that he wanted to have. And, you know, that led from my husband being his best man at his wedding to not anymore. You know, my daughter being a flower girl to her not anymore. And, you know, I'm sure this is something that a lot of people can relate to. And, you know, these are very painful experiences. You know, the experience with my mother, the experience with Christopher's family, you know, the experiences that I'm sure a lot of you have had that, you know, you have people who are writing you off. You have people who are, you know, deciding they don't want to be a part of your life anymore, that they don't want to have these conversations with you. They simply decide that you are no longer worthy of their time, of their effort, of their love. Or, or, you know, and, and your ideas are so different from theirs that they simply just don't want to have the conversation with you. They, you, are, you and your ideas are not worth their time of day. You know, um, you know, you're suddenly a fake Marine or, as Chris's grandmother said, that she has no use for that Smurf, in which I think is fine because why... Why should you have a, you know, like, that's what people are. They are used to you. I have no use for you. And, uh, on a personal level, it appears that despite the fact that she has no, no use for me, she seems to be unable to get the taste of my balls out of her mouth. <laughs> um, anyway, so I look forward to creating more in- things probably better than this um some of the other episodes will probably include more about political commentary and you know um current events um probably not a whole lot about celebrities i don't imagine um but within our group we have you know a couple people who have chronic illnesses have disabilities we have you know a veteran we have someone in medical school we have you know parents um you know, people from different walks of life and, you know, hopefully seeing their opinions on things, their side of things, you know, we'll hear more about, you know, the healthcare system and what it's like to be a person with a disability, the healthcare system and what it's like, you know, to be, um, a woman, what it's, what it's like to be queer, you know, um, even what it's, what it's like to be overweight, what it's like to be a person of color, you know, how it is being an atheist veteran navigating the world, how it is being, um, you know, a person from various walks of life sort of experiencing the world and how that shapes our views of things. And hopefully um, we'll have a chance to have multiple discussions with multiple commentators at once on these podcasts so you can kind of hear the fun ways that uh, these thoughts can kind of uh, and these conversations can kind of go down this is probably an extremely boring one and um probably again the worst podcast that you've ever heard of but uh, at this point you've heard of it and i'd like to thank you for listening and if you're interested in um being a sponsor or contributing or sending in any questions or comments, please email me at Liz, L-Y-Z-Z, at Liz Petrie, L-Y-Z-Z-P-E-T-R-I-E dot com. And uh, I guess you can visit that website, LizPetrie.com, if you want to, but it's not relevant to the podcast. I guess it'll tell you a lot about uh, my career. But um, anyway, thanks for listening and have a great night.